Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens out there. This is Nick Smolowski with another Bad Elf Tech Minute. All right, we're staying in space again this week. We want to talk about the Chinese Chang-5 lunar satellite. This bad boy launched from China within the last month. It actually flew to the moon. It uh, had separate pieces, and so it was, uh, I think, three or four different pieces. One piece ended up landing on the moon. It actually placed the Chinese flag. It grabbed some material off the moon's surface, launched back into space, and now it is orbiting around the Earth, in which it will soon uh, splash back down, I believe, somewhere in Mongolia. So pretty cool uh, developments from the Chinese right now with their Chang-5 lunar satellite. So congratulations to them. Uh, all right, so this is a quick, short, and dirty uh, Geoholics Tech Minute. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to me. This is Nick, Nick at bad-elf.com. Thanks, everybody. Looking forward to our next time. Lately, I've been, I've been losing sleep, dreaming about the things that we could be. But baby, I've been, I've been praying hard. Said no more counting dollars. We'll be counting stars. Oh man, I am so pumped for this episode <laughs> for a few different reasons. First, this is our Christmas show. It is. Pretty cool, huh? So Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, let's not leave anybody out. Happy Hanukkah. Have a tip-top tet. Happy and Solomon Ramadan. And uh, <laughs> happy Kwanzaa. Crazy Kwanzaa. Happy Solstice. That just happened. Happy, uh, there's one like uh, last... Posadas, I think, if you've heard of that one. Happy Boxing Day for our friends north of the border. I don't know if I'm missing anybody or not, but... Uh, Diwali, is that now? No. No, no that, no, that passed. Earlier, that okay. passed. Yeah, it was a good try, though. Um, <laughs> and Swinging a mistake. we also have... <laughs> Oddly enough, we have to survey Jesus with us tonight. Yeah. Right? Hey, so how f- how freaking fitting is that? <laughs> with, huh? with a lowercase J. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Top that, Joe Rogan, right? Survey Jesus. <laughs> All right. So before I get too carried away, this is episode sixty-three. Shoots. What are we calling this one, buddy? Gene Upshaw. Good one. You remember him? Uh, Raiders, played, I believe. Yep. yep. Uh, Nineteen sixty-seven. He was a first-round pick, seventeenth overall. Played his entire career with the Raiders, six-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl eleven and fifteen. I remember having a poster of all the Super Bowls as a kid, and I grew up a Raiders fan. Oh, I know. We learned something new today. I know, but now I'm a Giants fan, diehard. I can't help myself. You might want to go back to the Raiders. Uh either way. <laughs> no, because then we'd have to fight. <laughs> uh, he was a Hall of Fame inductee in 1987, and then he worked for the NFLPA as the bargaining committee member. <laughs> Up until the day he died, wow. he, uh, I read a little bit about him. He was having trouble breathing one day, and he went to the doctor. They said, "Oh, you got pancreatic cancer." He died three days later. Oh wow! Oh, it was gosh. five days after his like sixty third birthday or something like that. I so, was going to say he had COVID before COVID was cool. Nah, you never, you never know, man. <laughs> it, it, it could happen overnight. No doubt about it. All right, two shameless plugs before we get going. First of all, Justin Jaybird Farrow has redesigned the Geoholics app. And it is available on the new Land Surveyors United Marketplace. So be sure to check it out. And if you haven't made your way over to the Geoholics YouTube channel, this is the episode you'll want to see. So take a minute, go to our YouTube channel, and be sure to subscribe. That opening number is One Republic. The name of the song is Counting Stars. One Republic is an American pop rock band formed in Colorado Springs, Colorado in 2002. It consists of lead vocalist and multi-instrumentalist Ryan Tedder, guitarist Zach Filkins, guitarist Drew Brown, bassist Brent 
Kutzel, drummer Eddie Fisher, and keyboardist Brian Willett. Man, that's a lot of folks in that band. That's yeah. a lot of money to spread around. And some easy names. Thank God they've sold. A lot sold. of egos, too, <laughs> I bet. Thank God they've sold over 17 million records, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, shout out to our friends of the program. Real quick, Bad Elf GPS. Check them out at bad-elf.com. Mentions that you heard about the Flex Receiver on the Geoholics and receive 100 bucks off your purchase and a kick-ass fitted hat just like the one that Shoots is wearing. Hey, it's got an elf on it. It's Christmas appropriate. There you go. Uh, Land Surveyors United, largest global community of geomatics professionals on the internet, 17,000 members. Uh, LandSurveyorsUnited.com. Go check it out and download the Geoholics revamped app today. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Next, we have LiDAR News, the virtual home of the LiDAR industry. The LiDAR News team focuses on the application of technology to solve 3D problems. Check them out at LiDARNews.com. Parkland College, their land survey program in Champaign, Illinois. They have two schedule options, which provide opportunities to both traditional and working adults to achieve a certificate or associate's degree in land surveying. Check them out at parkland.edu slash survey. Next, we have Unifly. Scott Ohana and his team have developed a one-stop UAV shop. Check out the How We Work link at UNIFLI. Dot A-E-R-O to find out more. That is a good one. Diamondback Land Surveying. They are a fantastic land surveying company specializing in residential, commercial, and public works projects. They are also a proud sponsor and brand ambassador of Get Kids Into Surveying and Mentoring Monday. So Trent's a busy dude. Go check them out at diamondbacklandsurveying.com and getkidsintosurvey.com. And we have Advanced Geodetic Surveys. Find them at agsgps.com. Unbeatable deals on new and used equipment, equipment rentals, and supplies. If you go to agsgps.com forward slash shop and use promo code GEO15, you will save 15% off all regular price field supplies, accessories, and safety equipment. Tiger Supplies, the surveying construction and engineering superstore. Uh, use coupon code GEO15 for 15% off any Adair Pro item. And don't forget to check out their YouTube page for product videos, tips, and tricks. And finally, we have Cyanic Automation. These guys work directly with survey companies to make the surveyor's life easier. Check out JobBook by going to their website, getjobbook.com. Also, tell them you heard about it from the Geoholics, and they'll give you 20% off your first year subscription. Lots of cool stuff going on there. Absolutely. I cannot wait to announce the uh, 2021 Friends of the Program. It's going to be an unveiling in our next episode. Oh, man. It's pretty are we, exciting. Are we going to have like the signs, like Love Actually, where we drop each yeah. person's logo? There you go. <laughs> Drum roll before idea. each one. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. All right. We're back in uh, the Cobb Fenley Sue Sue Studio tonight. Cobb Fenley is not only a new friend of the program for 2021. I let the cat out, cat out of the bag there a little bit, <laughs> but also a full service civil firm that performs all levels of subsurface utility engineering, also known as Sue Services, hence the name of the studio. Check them out at CobbFenley.com to find out more. And if you apply for a job, be sure to put Kent Grow in the <laughs> referral box. If you don't That'll know what Sue is, go back a few episodes. You'll learn all about it. Exactly. And you'll be here in no time. <laughs> you'll be all caught up. <laughs> Just like that. All right, let's catch up the boys. Producer Jake, what's up, buddy? How's it going, guys? Doing good. I'm going to keep it really quick to, um, today because we got a lot of stuff we got to get into. I just want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to the whole Geoholics family. Um, fittingly, I'm wearing my R2-D2 holiday sweater today, not only for Christmas, but celebrating uh, Mandalorian <laughs> and the finale that was last week. So oh. if you haven't checked it out, check it out. But I'm going to keep it quick there. 
Oh, I like I like Dig Jake's it. Disney Plus still. I'm yep. glad I got that sign in. Well, right. we, we got a pretty uh, mutual trade there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm the the big breadwinner here. We'll yeah, say. <laughs> yeah, I, I just contribute the little Disney Plus. <laughs> uh, I I had an appointment today. I had the uh, steel door measured out for our house. Oh wow! So, so I can beat off all these fans of the geoholics trying to come at my house and come get scared me there for a minute getting them out of there go 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 away yeah the fans uh to to play off of what jake just said i'm gonna keep it short and sweet but i got my mickey sweater on so keeping that disney love alive can't go to disneyland so we brought it here i hey I, i literally haven't put it on since disneyland last year it's on the christmas card this year so like what about it, you? Like it, like it. Um, let's see. We had a close call with COVID last week. Sure, we sure did. We should yeah. mention that PJ's bro and roommate tested positive, and being that we were in the Beat Lab studio last week, also known as Producer Jake's Kitchen, we all ran out and got tested. Fortunately, everybody came back negative. The good news is, uh, said brother works for a dispensary. So I'm certain that our Christmas is going to be really good this year. Pack full of those stockings. It's going to be a lot more green than red. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, One last shameless plug. We went out, the lovely Megan and I went and saw the Black Moods play an acoustic show this past Sunday. They absolutely killed it. So be sure to check them out if you haven't already. Great band. Next to the Safety Apparel Safety Share, Matthew Stansberry and Safety Apparel have officially developed the best safety vest on the planet, also known as the Party Chief. Bookmark safetyapparel.us as you will never need another option for your future safety vest purchases. And be sure to check out all the Safety Apparel social media platforms for tons of music and giveaways. Did music? I say Music. Picks. I got music on the brain. Yeah, I see how that works. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get into this. Let's introduce our guests tonight. We're uh, very fortunate to have these guys in studio with us. It's been a while since whoa, whoa, we've had... Oh, you skipped the safety share. Oh, did I? How dare you? Do you have one? I do. Of well, course. Oh, Jesus. I, I don't come I'm, prepared. Oh, go ahead. I, I'm sorry, Shoots. <laughs> no, I, I had to keep it really appropriate. Knock it out. Knock it it out. doesn't make any sense here in Arizona, but uh, growing <laughs> up in New York, winter weather creates perfect conditions for slips and falls. So mm. I know we're a, a global community, so I want to do it, not just keep it Arizona only. A uh, couple of quick tips. Take the safest route to your destination. Uh, make time for it. Take your time. Do it right. Don't use your smartphone while walking. It's distracting. That easy. Walk deliberately, bending your knees a little, taking a slow, short steps, blah, blah, blah. Wear boots and other slip-resistant footwear. And... Uh, Use caution when getting in and out of your vehicles and use the vehicle for support. And the reason I picked this one, Mm. my own mother has broken her foot twice slipping on ice when I was growing up as a kid. So a little something close to the heart. That's why I had to jump on you. What about all those same rules but for driving? Just don't driving in ice. Don't don't snow. Wow. I don't know. I I just went with slips and falls. I didn't go with the driving. We got next week still. (laughs) (laughs) I think I broke my tailbone like 10 times growing up on the ice. Just slipping and falling on black ice. I don't miss that one bit. Uh, every uh, when I was doing this, all I could think about was Home Alone when the guy falls on the the stairs. Ah, uh, yeah, boom, boom, boom. yeah. <laughs> Joe Pesci. It's a great holiday movie for sure. I think we've only watched it four times so far this year. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> all right, now let's get to our guest this you. evening. Sorry about that, shoots. I, that was very disrespectful of me. It's okay. I I I understand. Okay, I hope you're feeling. You got hurt. music on the brain. <laughs> you know, the Santa hat's really squeezing you off. My head is on, on fire right now. <laughs> the circulation. Exactly. All right. Well, we're gonna let these guys enjoy introduce themselves and if you guys would just give us your name of course your current job or role that you want to highlight and um, let's go with something most people would never guess about you 
So, Brandon, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Brandon Montero. I am a consultant for Elevate Construction, uh, also a technical trainer and advisor. Um, I do personal and professional development, and I'm a content creator for Elevate. Um, and I'm also the senior survey manager at Oakland Construction. Um, something um, that many don't know about me, um, I'm a, a, a sex and intimacy coach for the Scottsdale Center for Sex and Relationship Therapy as well. So uh, there's definitely lots of uh, coaching and working with people in, in just about everything I'm doing right now. Yep. I think this is fate. Yeah. This is great for you. What, why me? <laughs> what, what, why yeah. are you looking my direction? Yeah. All, all that Jake's time. Jake's the one that's dating your daughter. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> is that real? It's true. Oh, my God. <laughs> What did we walk into? <laughs> oh, man. A little that's, incestuous. That's why he was trying to pass here. the buck to me. He was like, oh, I don't want to go that way. I was trying to deflect. <laughs> All right, Jason. How about you? And I like how I feel like we're unprepared, Brandon, with our holiday Yeah, we, we undershot this you, one. Big you just time. went straight into the intro and just didn't even mention that. And, uh, Jake, I want to say that um, I'm still a little bit weepy from The Mandalorian, too. So oh. that, was a, hmm. that was a moment. I don't know how Star Wars got into Christmas. But I'm kind of liking it. I'm seeing a lot more Star Wars out. In front. Well, the past like three movies too have all been released at Christmas. Like it's they've branded into Christmas. I'm all I'm all here for it. Yeah, I love it. So so me, my name is Jason Schroeder. So I I own and I am a consultant at uh, Elevate Construction IST LLC. And so the IST on the end. Some people ask me about that. That stands for Insights, Solutions, and Trainings because there's probably like um, a thousand construction companies called Elevate Construction. So um, one thing that people, my favorite thing that people don't know about me is I have 11 children. And then people are like, he said one. No, no, no. I said 11 children. <laughs> That's 10 plus one if you do the math. And yeah. so I have a good time with them. And um, they're all they're all mine. They're all natural. I, I pay for them so they're not on welfare, government welfare. <laughs> and and so when I go to my, the little fun thing about me is so when I go to Walmart and I have all the kids oh my gosh. and I'm, I'm taking them to the bathroom or doing whatever, they're like, oh man, you're a super dad. You're great. And then if my wife takes the kids, they look at her like, you pay for those kids. <laughs> and so, so that's my that's my unique thing is that I uh, I got 11 kiddos. So there that's you go. Awesome. I think it's safe to that's say that Jason does not need Brandon's tutoring. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. well, he, he's got the baker's dozen. But if you ate two on the way home, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you're good at something, why stop? Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, Jason, I, I am curious. What are the age? What's the age range? So, uh, my oldest just turned 17, and mm. my youngest is two and a half. Oh my gosh! So we we fit, the factory's broken. We physically can't have any more. But um, you know, we have foster kids and. You know, in our future, so so we're we're done at eleven. So I f yeah. I feel like I'm Katie's twelfth child. So we have a dozen. So. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, is my, impressive. My wife always calls me her five year old, so I can kind of relate to yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, eleven kids, congratulations! I think that's awesome. Yeah, I would, I, I, there's a number of t number of days where I'm like, man, I'd love to have a huge family like that. You mm -hmm. know, and then I've got my two daughters now that are 24 and 22, and I'm like. I'm good. <laughs> well, you can borrow them anytime. Uh, <laughs> we can talk offline. Yeah. I think Hudson's <laughs> looking for some friends lately with uh, all this COVID stuff. He yeah. literally, I asked him today, he's like, I'm just bored. 
hard because <laughs> he's an only child and yeah. staying home for online schooling. Yeah, it's just rough on him. It's like, tough. You know, having absolutely. 10 siblings, it'd be fantastic. It's like you're in school every day. Yeah, we got a little fire pit in the backyard. I'm not I'm not rubbing it. I'm just saying like <laughs> you get them going. They're just their own little community there. For so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Let's get into Elevate Construction. That's pretty much the main reason we got you guys on here. Um, what I've seen that you guys are doing, like your website is ridiculously amazing. It is awesome. And that, that website, and we'll mention it a, a time or two, I'm sure, is simply elevateconstruction.com. Um, I want to get into really the thinking behind this. Okay. Um, so, and before we even do that, let's let's just talk about credentials a little bit, okay? So, like, Jason, you've been in the construction industry for how long? 22 years. Okay. And yeah. you've started basically at the bottom and worked your way up, correct? I think I can do this fairly quickly. So, okay. So, I came up as a cement mason, form setter, equipment operator, didn't go to college, uh, came up and started working as a rod man because I hurt my shoulder. And so, they're like, hey, go help the field engineers. Worked into being a field engineer, lead field engineer, and then um, just worked my way up through the ranks. So I've been a superintendent, senior super, general super, and then field director, and then a project director. So most of it's geared around the field side, but I have a really strong passion for field engineering and supers and what we do in the field in conjunction with surveyors. So, oh, and my claim to fame is this book. I don't know if you guys can see it on here, but the, I told especially as I'm listening to you guys start off the podcast, I'm like, yeah, I'm not qualified to be here. <laughs> but I use this book in construction management to teach field engineers. And so that's my claim to fame. So he and I work a lot with uh, Wes Crawford from Purdue. Okay. I've actually been a guest lecturer there. And so that's our credentials. Nice. Well, nice. Nice. How about you, Brandon? Um, I've been in the survey industry for 22 years myself. Uh, I went to Renton Technical College. Um, and I actually, uh, Jim Cohn, who was on the show previously, he was yep. my instructor at the time. Um, I've surveyed, uh, out of the country in Colombia, in Zambia, um, worked extensively in the metric system on uh, military bases in both, uh, you know, the construction side of things, the civil side of things. Um, so just having that, that wide variety, <clears throat> and then also, uh, um, trying to integrate my coaching background and everything that I do as well. So and I don't want to get off topic here too much, but you mentioned working with the metric system. And it seems like most folks that have had the experience of doing that definitely prefer it. Do you agree? So simple, uh, so easy. I mean, it takes a minute to make that conversion. Um, I worked with the metric system when I was in Colombia, um, but also I did some work uh, in San Luis Obispo. And anything that you did for the municipalities out there had to be in metric. Their plan sets were in metric, but it was once you're on it, it's, it's an easy place to be. Yep, yep, that's what I hear. And obviously, the, you guys share the passion of construction, correct? Yeah. That's why this partnership is formed. Well, I don't want to derail it too much, but it's the like energy is about coaching people. And so when we do our field engineer boot camps, and I'm sure we'll talk, we get a chance to talk about that, it's mostly about helping them to be a whole human being. That sounds, maybe that's not the right way to put it, but helping all aspects of their lives so they can show up to work in a fantastic way. So our passion is really with that. And I feel like the surveying positions, craft positions, field engineering positions are really the gateway to, uh, to really a great career. And so field engineering to me is, and survey is kind of like the marijuana to cocaine. I don't know if I can say that. It's like the gateway <laughs> drug. Are you going to cut that out? No. no, no, no. <laughs> we, we prefer it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's get some more of that. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, we're really, we're really wanting to give people some free samples, get them hooked and then get them on to, 
higher and better drugs in the only, construction only industry. Only the first taste is free. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, it'll cost you after that. Yeah. Looking's free, no. touching's going to cost you. So. I, uh, I like that analogy. That's good. Uh, so what was the like? What was the issue or the gap in the industry that you guys recognized that made you jump into this and, and create Elevate Construction? Oh, you want me to go? You guys sure. can both talk about it because yeah. there's a survey gap, and I'm sure that you've got... Well, so the gap that got me into field engineering was, so there was a time at a company where I worked where they were going to just get rid of field engineers. They weren't going to do it anymore. And mistakes were so prevalent. And they challenged me, and we were in Southern California. They challenged me to fix it. And, you know, I'm not you guys that, you know, know everything about this world. But I, I used this book, and we implemented some key strategies. And we were able to, almost over the course of months, get an entire national company to stop having major uh, bus in the location of their buildings uh, in reference to the property line and elevation bus based on good basic, you know, back to basic practices. And so that was the gap from a training standpoint. And then I think what you'll all realize and recognize and already know is that the, the training, uh, the lack of training and the amount of disrespect in construction is <laughs> overwhelming. And there are okay. way good some anyway and they're there we everything and this sounds arrogant but i don't mean it for me but everything that we need to know in construction and i'm looking at the wrong spot you should have called me out but everything we need to know in construction to fix that to make sure that surveyors and trade partners and employees and families and everyone is respected we know how to do those things and it really comes down to coaching and getting people out of their comfort zone to actually implement right uh, Brandon said one time, you might have to correct me, but we teach, we teach people to perform at a high level, regardless of their level of comfort. Anything you want to add there, Brandon? Um, just discussing the, the gap that I feel like is pretty widely known in the, within the survey industry. Um, I remember you and me had a conversation about, uh, the chupacabra um, in surveying and the chupacabra is, you know, that guy that knows the, he's awesome in the field. He's awesome in the office. He's awesome on the professional level and knows how to work with the project team or knows how to work with the client. Um, and he's the chupacabra because, you know, maybe you like see him really briefly or you hear about his resume circulating on the internet and you go look for it and it's gone already. And, um, I think that they're in the same way, um, you know, sometimes from an office perspective, we uh, disrespect the surveyors who are out in the field and create an assumption that they can't understand things. Um, and so we don't teach them uh, crucial parts of their career or really what we're not teaching them is how their component fits with the rest of the moving parts that create everything um, that's happening on a project. So exactly what's happening with their data, exactly how a TIN is built. Um, sometimes they don't even get to look at the work order. The work order is translated through the chief of parties or um, something like that. So just um, really creating a place where we uh, respect uh, the surveyor in the field, provide some of that additional understanding. Um, but it's the same way, you know, I know from a from a survey standpoint, I can say that I've created this bias sometimes in my mind as well. I'll go out to a construction site and I'll see a trade partner um, with some kind of total station and a tablet. And in my head, I'm like, that guy doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> um, and the question that I should be asking myself is, does that guy know what he's doing and how can I help him to make sure that he's being successful yeah. um, from the standpoint of the knowledge that I have as a surveyor? 
um, just like as a tiny little piece of information on that, um, one of the things that uh, that I have implemented is like a really brief resection training um, when I encounter trade partners on a mm. project site because they literally have no idea what they're doing. When they perform a resection, they're using two points. They want to see zeros because the vendor told them that that's what they should see. Yep. So the math isn't there. Um, and just thinking in that direction, like how can I elevate the rest of the people on the project site with the knowledge that I have? Uh, really good opening there, guys. I appreciate you establishing what the gaps are. And there, there, there's plenty more that we're going to get into. Um, Brandon mentioned the Chupacabra. I've been surveying for about 30 years. I've met maybe two Chupacabras, and Brandon just happens to be one of them. So. <laughs> yeah. He knows, I think, very highly of him. Just so like and, this. Just uh, go, he's an ah. absolute rock star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my shoulders. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, if, if, he can, uh, if he can mentor and coach the, uh, the next generation of Chupacabras, oh, my gosh. Well, Andy, you know, as he was saying, like, teach them the whole puzzle, not just their yeah. piece. Yeah. And that's something that I had to learn from my perspective going up. And yeah. I'm sure you did as well. Sure. Yep. And yeah, that's not a common theme of, hey, this is the entire puzzle. This is what you're doing. Yeah. You're this piece, and then it goes down the line. Yeah. I don't think that's taught nearly enough. So Brandon's on the right track with that one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to clarify, so Jason, when you meant, when you say um, field engineer, are you, are you meaning a surveyor or are you meaning like a, a foreman who can perform survey work? And what do you, what do you mean? What's your definition of a field engineer? Thank you for that. And because I know there's a, a number of different field engineers. I know some field engineers are really the in-house survey. Some are the foreman, like you're saying. My definition, according to the book, just so I have a common language when we teach in boot camps, the field engineer is the one who provides on-site layout and control from the primary control. So again, that those definitions might be different. So primary control, in my mind, mm-hmm. is the control that loops into the basis of bearings from that surrounds the job site and is permanent, that then establishes the secondary control uh, that's building specific and semi-permanent that from which we do our working control for mm-hmm. columns and walls and things like that. I, if, if that's different, I hope that's helpful. But field engineers are usually the secondary control onward and responsible for lift drawings and the layout and control of building components from that from the grid lines, right? And they're also helping with frontline safety and quality management. Now, you, that can be a craft person coming in, a college graduate, somebody within the company, uh, you know, surveyor. And then I see pr- professional surveyors as the, you know the professionals in my world in construction, right? The professionals that. Um, really are able to handle, you know, the legal boundaries, uh, come from the basis of bearings to establish that primary control, know all of the advanced concepts, right, and really get us lined out and headed in the right direction. And so this partnership between survey and field engineers is what I'm really interested in. And so I, it, does that help with the definition? So field engineers are you, oh, let me say one more thing. They're usually, the, we only really have field engineers in construction to teach them to be future superintendents. And so they're only there for a couple of years. They're not the professionals. They're the ones that are practically learning to be builders under the guidance of professional surveyors and superintendents. So in a lot of cases, um, general contractors, you know, like Oakland, for example, um, I know you guys do a lot of that field engineering in-house, but I think that's unique. I don't think a lot of general contractors are doing that. Um, So they're hiring that out. Like those field engineers, based on your definition, are subcontractors on that, on whatever said project. Uh, To your point, I think it differs. So like the Kiewitz of the world, the Hensel Phelps's of the world will, and now, you know, DPR is, is bringing that in house, right? 
mainly to teach future supers, right? But you're absolutely right. Most of the time, that's that's uh, contracted out. And and again, I would just say that we're as general contractors, we're not best suited to do that work accurately. But you can see a difference in the construction companies that do that. Mm. Um, and have in-house field engineers, their supers are twice as good. And I'm, I hope I didn't make anybody mad, but no, no. Their, their superintendents are twice as good because a superintendent is really a management and coordinating and planning position. They don't get out there and pull tapes to embeds and run calcs and do things mm-hmm. like that. Unless they have that four years, three years, two years as a field engineer to piece those together, they don't have the full spectrum of being a builder. Yep. No, I, I absolutely agree, 100%. Yeah. So as far as Elevate Construction goes um, – and based on what we just talked about, what, what, what is your general goal or mission for what you're providing? Ooh, I love, I love that you said that. So, so my personal goal is I want to be the Tony Robbins of construction. So uh, really amping people up, pulling them out of their comfort zone. That's what I do best for the purpose of, of elevating construction from coast to coast. Like I want a couple. Let me just go on a quick rant here. It's about people. And you guys talked about context and putting things contextually together. Uh, so they're not disconnected. If you think about it, and I don't think I'm being dramatic about this, think about a family uh, for a construction project management team or anybody in construction for that matter, right? Um, if you trace them being in a crash landing seven days a week, ruining their families, getting divorces, ignoring the kids, delinquency and all that, you can literally, and I have before, you can trace that back all the way to the beginning of a construction project and to the question of where, Right what, when, why, where. So the superintendent will take care of how uh, and when, right? And the owner takes care of why. But but this group right here, you guys take care of where. And where is such a big deal. I'm not preaching to you. I'm just excited about it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Where it goes, where does the building go? How accurate is it? Are the skin systems ready to fit in nice and neatly together? Are the floors at the right elevation? All of these things can spiral into hundreds and thousands of dollars of wasted money but also the biggest thing is our wasted time and the effect that it has on families so elevate construction what we say is respect people train leaders and preserve families so respect people train leaders preserve families and those all tie together if we get respect back for not only survey field engineers craft foremen everyone in construction through training and understanding proper techniques in the context like you mentioned then we will preserve families. And literally, there are hundreds and thousands of families out there that are suffering and people that are getting divorces. And I'm not exaggerating about that. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. So it happens, right? And so um, I don't now remember my your original question, but my point, <laughs> my point is, is that what we are attempting... Oh, yeah, I know what you were asking me. So Elevate Construction, what we want is to go on a project site and have beautiful bathrooms, beautiful lunchrooms, clean, organized, remarkable project sites, respectful environments, people that come, they know the plan, they do their work, they leave without a lot of variation, and training to where people know how to do that and they can go home and have a wonderful experience. Right now, y'all and other, you you guys, you that's you guys in Texas, but uh, y- y'all and the, all of these other uh, contractors hate coming to a general contractor's site. Like, I absolutely hate it because you you know you're going to get the salty old bastard superintendent that doesn't know what he or she's doing and and you're just going to be in this horrible world. And general contractors hate everybody else because you don't just cater to our whims. And that doesn't have to happen. There's a way to run a beautiful, 
remarkable, stable project with flow where everybody can like love coming to work. I was on one last thing when I was going, I was on a Facebook group the other day for supers. Somebody said, I'm a new super. What advice would you give me? And everyone was like, get out, get out while you can't go run, run, you know, <laughs> you become a project manager. Worst thing you'll, you'll get is a paper cut. <laughs> and I'm like, what, where are you guys going? Like there's, we know how to do this. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's time for construction to wake up, stop being silly, get the education, do things right and really jam out and have a great time. That's what we, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. The, this passion's amazing. The energy is <laughs> off the charts. I freaking love it. And I, I like the fact that, uh, and you probably figured I was going to go down this path. You mentioned that Facebook page where uh, it was like a superintendent Facebook page. And one guy asked a question, an innocent question. And all these uh, apparent, you know, professionals, superintendents just jump all over them. You know, mm-hmm. get out, don't do it. You suck, whatever, you know. Yeah. And there's, there's unfortunately, you know, pages like that for land surveyors as well. And, you know, a, a guy who's just getting into the profession or has a, an innocent question, has a question, and everybody just jumps all over him and beats him up over it, you know. So yeah. um, what's what's your perspective, Brandon, on, on the, from, the, from a survey perspective, I should say? That's a tough act to follow. So <laughs> we'll give you a second well, to gain I, I feel like that, <laughs> that describes what Elevate is looking to do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, from a survey perspective, I feel like there are a lot of ways that, um, you know, some of our surveyors, particularly in the field, um, but even in the office, depending on the training that they have received, might feel like they're, they're really just out in the wind. Um, when you go to a construction site, um, you know, do you, do you know for sure that, and this is just a, for instance, uh, if you're laying out a building, um, have the grid lines been verified? Um, have you, do you know for certain that the civil has verified his placement of the grid lines with the architect? Has the architect's grid lines been compared mm-hmm. to the structural grid lines so that you're just going out there set up for success? And that's why I go back to the, the understanding your place or your, your, the particular you know, delivery of your component in the overall scheme um, and making sure that our surveyors feel like they really understand what it is they're doing and why they're doing it. Um, you know, the, the more and more uh, technology is kind of taking over. Um, and just like the, the bias that I might have when I see um, some of our, our, our trade partners on site, I'm like, is that guy just pressing buttons or does he really know what he's doing? Um, and so, you know, you, you made the, the comment about like training the next uh, generation of chupacabras, but I want to train like an army of chupacabras yeah. where everybody in the survey industry has access to the information about what and why on every project um, that makes them an integral part and makes them knowledgeable as far as what they're doing. Um, you know, some of the things that are um, among the, the, the training concepts that we want to do from a survey field engineer layout aspect um, are, um, you know, fundamentals of instrumentation, um, what the capabilities of instrumentation are. So, you know, when you look at your GPS unit and it says, 0.015 horizontal and 0.02 vertical and you don't know any better and you just believe that uh, are those the parameters of your instrumentation or are you just being sold a dream right there um, layout and survey math uh, under, understanding the as-built process um, why you're collecting as-built what they're used for um, basic CAD uh, for field engineers and surveyors also 
um, just really trying to create a, like a course that could take a person who was pushing buttons and make them an essential part of the team that knows why he's doing what he's doing and all of the best practices. Yep, and I think they will just inherently, with that training, just have more self-worth at that point, you know, and just feel more valuable. 100%. 100%. And um, I think I know the answer to this. Again, I'm, I tend to get off topic once in a while. Um, we've had people um, that have discussed the idea of a like a, a national survey license mm -hmm. almost like the model being almost like a like a like the medical field there's like a general practitioner license and then there's other certificates that one could get like maybe a construction surveyor or an alta surveyor or something like that so i have to imagine that you would be in favor of a, a model much like that since we're focusing on construction Definitely. surveying I, yeah, yeah i mean i, I, I think i think know, i i think a lot of what we're talking about is more um kind of deviating from the legal aspect of surveying and more talking about the best practices and fundamentals of, of um, surveying, uh, I guess, what it means mathematically, uh, how it works, what we're doing on a construction site. Um, I think that the, the, the things that we would be training from a CAD aspect or from a mathematical aspect would be the same for somebody who is drafting from a plan set and figuring out, you know, how to use uh, line by bearing and distance and how to draft up boundaries and uh, perform his calcs and things like that. So I feel like it probably has crossover for the, the office professional mm -hmm. as well sure. um, in a big way. But yeah, this is a little bit more geared towards um, the, you know, the, the wide breadth of the construction industry versus uh, just the legal aspect. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like if you're a, if you're a boundary surveyor, there's always some room for interpretation. Whereas if you're a construction surveyor, there's not a whole lot of interpretation. I mean, it's this, you know. Yeah. The challenge being a construction surveyor, like you mentioned earlier, is making sure you have the latest plans. Make sure the calcs are being done off the latest CAD file and all this stuff that goes along with that, you know. So, yeah. You did know, you, go ahead. I, I was just going to mention something, you know, super simple. Um, we have a best practice for um, laying, at a laying out a building um, creating the, uh, the, uh, the offset baselines, um, and turning 90 degree angles and flopping your scope. And just the concept of how many surveyors even understand that flopping the scope is not just an average, um, of the numbers or the angle that you turn, but rather you're averaging out the inherent error of your equipment. Of the instrument, yep. Um, and you know, just the real why. Not just how, but the real why. Yep, yep. Perfect. Good point right there. Can I make a comment or are we No, please do. Time? No, so, go for it. So one of the one of the things that I would love from a surveying field engineering or you know, merging our world standpoint is you, I, let me tell you what I come up with. Even when I come by a total station at uh, you know, a survey supply store. Uh, and you guys don't do that, so don't be negative with me. But like they they look down on me, you know what I mean? Like like oh, you don't need that accurate of a total station. I get that over and over and over. Mm -hmm. In construction, what our process is, and it's not the best that you can have, and you guys know that. But we as construction surveyors, which we're not, so I'm just going to call us field engineers because we're really not surveyors, is to traverse using the compass rule, our primary control. That seems a little antiquated to a lot of people, especially with robotic total stations and GPS and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then from there, to shoot from different sides of that traverse into our site 
with uh, maybe from three sides and then to take the average of the three points that we receive. And then as we establish baselines to, to shoot it forward and, you know, direct and reverse, and then to turn direct and reverse angles, and then to chain it using certain double checks, right? And any of our leveling, we use three-wire leveling. We go, through, we go through two benchmarks. We estimate to the nearest thousandths. We close, right? And, and there are certain things where if I'm talking to the average surveyor, you guys are above average, but if I'm talking to the average surveyor, they really look at me like I'm crazy. Like it's antiquated. Don't know why you would do it. It's a waste of time. Not jamming with what you're doing. But if you look at it from my perspective, we're taking at least for the Kiewits and the Hensel Phelpses and the DPRs and the, these are huge national contractors that are doing this, right? They, we have to teach a, a new person standard techniques that are safe enough to where we're not going to have a, a large liability, right? Mm. And I would love to merge. So if you're talking about a national license, even if it doesn't have the same practices, I would love for there to be an understanding to say, okay, when we bring in our primary control from the basis of bearings and the design benchmark, that's what I call it, but what the benchmark that, that was used for design, as we bring that in and we've surrounded the site with permanent control, there's a way to partner with construction companies and with, with builders to get that level of precision where it needs to be for everything else to follow. And there are standard practices that if taught to new people, not professional surveyors, that if, if those are implemented, we won't make the same kinds of mistakes, right? If I send a field engineer out there using three-wire leveling, closing, estimating to the nearest thousandth, right, and force them to plug in the formula from their spreadsheet once they plug it in, mm. I, there's no way he or she is going to make a mistake, right? If I have them pull a tape and never burn a foot, they're not if they follow that they're not going to make a mistake by a foot if we traverse and actually shoot from multiple sides we can make sure that not only are we doing a double check on the point but that we're reducing that inherent error in the instruments and so what i'd love for is an, an understanding on the field engineering side that there are certain things that we have to do in construction to get where we need to go and to have the surveying world be patient with it and support it and for us in construction to realize that we're not the professionals and to partner in a way at the right point mm. to where we can really work together in a wonderful and remarkable way yeah i do have one question for you brandon Ooh. oh god right. you got something to say oh, first I'm in trouble. i did no i i uh what you said made me think of something, uh, um, well, and I'm, I'm going to say, <laughs> well, number one, uh, you said we're field engineers. I'm a surveyor. Just want to say no, that no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm a field engineer. <laughs> um, one of the things that I want to say is like I've I've heard on a construction site. Well, surveyors don't go inside the building, right? Well, I go inside the building. I know the ins and outs yep. of it. But mm -hmm. the reason that that's important is, um, and in line with what Jason was saying is. If I want to lay out, if the building needs me to lay out things to the accuracy of better than an eighth, how the hell am I supposed to do that with your GPS control? How the hell am I supposed to do that with radially staked doubled angles um, and trig elevations um, versus, uh, you know, a three wire level loop to the thousands that's been run around the site um, or control that's been traversed through and then from that... Um, traverse your uh, double setting positions for your baseline and creating a baseline like that stuff is so perfectly um, tight that I can actually say I know that as a surveyor and I love to do this as a surveyor I know this stuff is as perfect 
as it possibly can be. Um, and I, I would say on the part of Oakland, there are uh, instances in which I will, they'll call me out to review um, the building control, and it's just not sufficient. Um, I'll check some of their intermediates. Yeah. The distances are bad, um, maybe to the to somewhere around two hundredths, which to a surveyor or if you're using GPS. And if I see a one more surveyor staking out building grid lines using GPS, like I'm going to break that thing over my knee. <laughs> um, but it's embarrassing to be a surveyor watching other surveyors do things that are um, totally subpar. But the reason they're subpar is because they're missing the point of what is their component in the overall whole and what's needed from them from a precision and accuracy Amen. standpoint versus what's easy and what's fastest for surveyors as a community. Yep. Hey, this is the cheap way to get in and get out. And that's kind of what we're doing right now. Technology is like, does this really cool thing? Yeah, but really inaccurately. And so we do it really fast and make money. And then the GC has to do it all over again or throw us off the project site. Not throw us off, but yeah, be yeah, like, right. thank you, you're excused now. Sure. So It's, it's the old <clears throat> profession versus commodity. Yeah, there, there, there's a ton of things we could talk about and just get into the weeds based on what you just said there. But very, very well said. But what do you say to those surveyors, the ones that you mentioned that are doing, you know, setting grid lines with GPS, that they say, it doesn't need to be that accurate. The contractors will make it work. What do you say to that? Well, I, I say that they're they're really cheating the contractor um, mm -hmm. would be my concept of that um, because the contractor is literally going to redo their work. So it's not that the contractor will redo their work. He's going or, or rather will make it work. He's going to redo it so that it works. And what an embarrassment, mm -hmm. you know, so that that's what I would say. The only other thing that I would say is, well, probably from a professional standpoint, they've bid it that way. And sometimes the lowest bid takes precedence. And yep. then sometimes our standards come down. Um, but hey, when it comes to getting things done the right way, which is what we're teaching, and I would say, I hope the only thing that we're teaching, um, yeah, that takes a little bit more time. Yeah. And again, you mentioned it, the, the, the bar of our standards is without question going down, especially on a lot of construction sites, because these contractors are taking the lowest bid. Right. So these guys are cutting every single corner possible, like, oh, we'll set grid lines or GPS. You know, we'll do this, blah, 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 blah. And they win the job. But of course, they're doing substandard work. Um, but they also open themselves up to a ton of liability. You know, so it's right. it's a tough it's a tough business. There's no so, doubt about it. Yeah. So is that guy yeah. like is that just undermining your license altogether? <laughs> Selling it out for the I don't know. I mean, I the almighty dollar. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. You know, that's for sure. Yeah. But um yeah. Well, uh, what I want to say about that is the reason that um, precision methods take so long is because they're not being taught and they're mm -hmm. not being practiced anymore. Correct. So doing things the right way doesn't really take that long when it's what you do every day, day in and day out. True. Um, and so promoting that training and saying, yes, we can do it this way, the right way, um, and with adequate training, do it right, do it effectively, and do it cost effectively as well. Yep. Um, that's that's definitely a component of, of our belief system. Yep, yep. No, you guys are definitely headed down the right path on that one. Um, let's get on to, and you mentioned it, I saw it on your website, the respecting workers, training leaders, preserving families. And I'm like, this is like on a construction-based website that you have 
thought about those things or you guys are thinking about those things, even like preserving families, you know, who in the construction world thinks about preserving families, you know, besides the Tony Robbins. I was going to say the guy with 11 yeah. kids. <laughs> the Tony Robbins and the, chu- and the Chupacabra. And the Chupacabra, exactly. He's, uh, got an, he's got a whole like football team in his house. <laughs> exactly, exactly. you got to preserve that, yeah. <laughs> you could have riot on your hands. Yeah, so I, I thought it was, and again, I'm going to reference the website because I do think that website is absolutely amazing. Thank you. Um, I saw that you have you offer boot camps and mastermind courses. Can you talk just a little bit about that and how those two either work together or work separately? Absolutely. And uh, and and Brandon, I, you got to chime in here to save me if I get off uh, talking too much here. So the masterminds are more the one day, two day technical trainings when when needed. Right. They, those can also, to a certain extent, be done virtually. The boot camps. If somebody's interested in changing their whole life, they want to go to a boot camp. So these have been, uh, and I'll, I won't go too long with this, but uh, back in the day, I was working with a company where I had created a, a website, online learning series, an online learning series based around this book. Um, I got certified in AutoCAD, certified in Revit, and and went through there and taught all of those as they apply to construction. We got like. 15% of people comprehending what they were supposed to be doing. It was ridiculous. And so somebody said, I, we just need to get people out doing this. And so we went out to Adelanto, California, pulled them out there, and we were like, here's a, the a garbage set of plans that we used in Los Angeles. Here's two points. You have to build two footings by day four. Go. And we forced them to f- actually you know, calculate from the distances, uh, distances and bearings on the drawings and the coordinates, convert those to azimuths and actually calculate all the way around through the center line of the streets and then offsetting to the to the property lines and offsetting to the grid lines. We make them actually figure that out, find the coordinates of the of the footings, and then traverse their primary control, and then go through all of these practices that we teach to get to the end of the day. But we looped in Tony Robbins and we looped in uh, the, some training from the Boy Scouts of America and some other things. And now it's this five-day event where you, we have grown men crying. That's not the measurement of success, but grown men crying at the end of the week saying that their life has changed. They know how to manage their families. And now they know how to be better builders. So that's what a boot camp is. So if somebody's interested in, in changing their lives, they need, to, they need to sign up for either the field engineer or the superintendent boot camp. The masterminds are more... Uh, one day, half day, two day technical trainings where we show them how to do chaining, use tape measures, which honestly, you guys know is a lost art. People don't even know how to use the end of the tape. Yep. And that's not a criticism. That's a shame. And use uh, automatic levels and use total stations and do some of this work so that they have those basics. Because back to what you were saying, you know, most general contractors deserve the GPS grid lines for the rest of us who don't. We need to be educated so we can partner better. And because the answer to your question uh, of what happens, we end up spending a half a million dollars in contingency. That's just, and I don't know if I just made owners mad if they hear this podcast, but we will spend $500,000 out of contingency money, wasted money to make up for these mistakes. It happens every every job that we don't do this right. Yep. So that uh, that's that's the the answer, and so we go. We have a great time, and in fact, even if uh, it, the next one we we go to, we're going to invite you guys out to have some fun and drink some beer with us. So. Oh man, we just want to uh, see Jake cry. Count us in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a, a thought on that as well. Um, 
you asked the question earlier, like who actually cares about preserving <laughs> families? And it's, you know, kind of the question is who's really thinking about that when they go into the construction process? But also it is a little true. Who, who really cares? Like, why should they give a crap about that when, you know, they're interested in the bottom line, et cetera. Um, one of the things that we go over in the boot camp as well that I think is a pretty important concept is um, what it looks like to show up as a human being at 100%. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's, it's definitely something that you can do from a work ethic standpoint, from a, you know, from a blah, blah, blah. But if you don't start with, I, as a human being, know how to show up as 100% as me and deliver everything about me, my personality, my strengths, my weaknesses, my vulnerability. Um, so that's why there's a huge overlap in the like, hey, it's got to be personal and professional development, not just technical. Because um, employers, and this is just the fact of the matter, uh, as an employer and as an employee, if you just show up and deliver like maybe 60% of what you can do as a person, your employer will eat that up and he'll accept it. And that's probably what you'll do for most of your career. So I would say who really cares about it? Well, an employer that wants to have an employee who can actually function from, uh, you know, at the professional level, at the personal level, because his life's great, he's happy. And then at the technical level, um, that's who would want it. Like, could you have a guy that's firing on all cylinders all the time on your project site, running your crews, um, you know, managing a department? So I would say it's something that everybody should be interested in because there's so much more that um, our, our workers, our surveyors, our trade partners are capable of that we're just not getting from them. And it goes back to, well, uh, they're not happy. They're not happy because they're marginalized. They're undereducated. They don't know what they're doing and why they're doing it. And maybe they just don't feel respected in general, like in a relationship. If you're not happy, do you put in as much effort as when you're like yeah. so freaking happy in a relationship? Correct. It's the it's same like thing at work. If you were dating. actually enjoying <laughs> yourself, like mm -hmm. yeah. wouldn't you just yeah. show up? So yeah. okay. I would say well, that's, that's the answer. Like you were saying, like uh, when you guys hire somebody immediately and it's the new exciting thing, you're getting 100% from them. Yeah. And then it just diminishes over time. With most relationships, not mine. I'm always 100%. But like, yeah. so is that the concern of you're just trying to keep that 100% excitement and, and appreciation through their entire career with you? Can I answer? Yeah. I'm like amped. Okay. I'm like, the answer is yes. Okay. The answer is yes, because when people, and you guys have heard this before, but if somebody doesn't have relevance, measurement, and connection... Their, their percentage of engagement drops considerably, right? Then everything else starts to spiral. Because, and we, we, were, we talked about this in boot camp, right? The winning team didn't abandon their double checks, right? Because they were holding each other accountable. And they were holding each other accountable because they had built the team, because they had a plan, because they were communicating, because they individually had taken the training seriously and had taken care of themselves in their personal development, right? So it started with the individual. And it's so funny, the the teams in these boot camps, we we throw we laser scan the footings when we're done. I'm so excited about this. They go from primary to the footings. And the best team, the best team that communicates the most, that it has healthy conflict, that holds each other accountable, that trusts each other, 
will always have the best, most accurate footings. And so they bring up the laser scan, and we're like, okay, we're an eighth on elevation. Your anchor bolts, it's 0 0.085. The other way, it's 0 0.015. And the anchor bolts for elevation, 0 0.025. And we're like, oh, we can build that, right? And then the team that wasn't talking in a silo, held back by fear, not speaking up, not leveraging their strengths, one foot six off six feet off what and and you see the correlation and there's this moment that oh my gosh the people part of it is the number one part and the reason and i'm just i want to make a moment here the reason that gcs are so hard to deal with and they work too many hours and they don't know what they're doing and there's no flow and there's no respect comes all the way back to their personal organization system their family how they think about things, how they get out of bed in the morning mm. because they don't know how to not work 65, 70 hours a week, which means they don't know how to improve, which means they don't know how to focus on the things that we're talking about. And so absolutely, in order to get people to perform in these boot camps, we have to first get them past their fear, performing, like Brandon said, at 100%, being organized with a personal organization system with the time and capacity to do the right thing. Wow. I get I, I've been smiling this whole time because I just love what you guys are preaching here. This is amazing. And I think that as human beings, you know, it's important that we're, we're stimulated, you know, whether it be in a relationship, a personal relationship or a work yes. relationship, what have you. If you're not stimulated, you're probably just not going to make it. No, that it's thing, not going to you know? be it's a long-term solution by no, any means. Absolutely, whatsoever. absolutely. Real quick question. When you guys say that you want the 100% and yeah. the, the gung-ho attitude, um, how do you weed the people out that are just kind of not cutting the the bacon? Is that is that the term? Or are you trying to weed people out? Is that the are goal? You, I, I know, know your really the goal, goal is to coach them, but yeah. like if they're just not there and you you kind of lose hope. Well, I do want to say that the the idea is to create them, and I think that they have to be created and coached because it's not the current environment of construction. So we can't assume that these guys are just there and they exist, you know, as we want them already. Um, an example of, of what I would say about that is like right now in my career, and I'm probably at a place where you could just put me on a job site with my laptop and Civil 3D and a plan set and hopefully the design drawings uh, in CAD. Um, and there's nothing literally that I couldn't just do and figure out and get laid out and staked and whatever, um, you know, creating a work plan, and et cetera. Um, well, you're so, surveyed Jesus, but. Yeah. Capra. <laughs> he's, he's not wrong. Um, but, but I feel like what I mean by that is that I, I kind of am my own environment when I go to a project site. So the project is going to have its ups and downs, but what I know and what I need to do to perform and operate as me is my own environment. Um, you said the thing about like in a new relationship or a new job, like you have that like carrot is dangled and you're just like, yes, this is so great. And you're like going for the carrot um, in the same way. Like I want to teach people to be their own environment or uh, in a really cheesy you know, version of the same analogy. Like I want to teach people how to be their own carrot. So they don't they don't need, um, you know, all of this outside input, stimulus, et cetera, to keep interested they care about what they're doing. They want to be the most precise. They go after trainings. They go to their higher ups and say, I need this. I want this. This is what I want to learn. Here's what I'm going to do with it. And just create people who are uh, an environment that is um, forward moving, learning, developing, and always growing. So 
I guess the elephant in the room is, let's face it, and this, I guess I'm stereotyping here just a little bit, but most people that are superintendents, foremen, field engineers for that matter, most likely they don't have a post-secondary education, right? So I'm not sure, again, I'm, I'm categorizing folks, but how do you get that motivate? How do you motivate those folks? You know, most people that go to college, let's say there's a certain level of motivation, mm-hmm. um, a certain level of expectation. And I, again, I'm stereotyping, but, you know, some folks that maybe don't go to college tend to end up in more of a trade scenario or trade type um, job. Um, how do you like how do you how do you elevate them? Uh, well, I'm sure you have plenty to say about that as well. But <laughs> like I think that that's partially conditioning. And that's partially the disrespect of, yes. uh, oh, you have four years doing, you know, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. so you should be able to get this job or, um, you know, you're now eligible for this license because of, you know, X amount of years. Really? No. Obviously, it's the experience. So if you go to take the test, the years are irrelevant if you don't have the information and the experience that it takes to pass that test. And so my concept is we're offering the education to anyone at any level that is interested in becoming forward moving in their career. Um, And so like to me, yes, I went to a two year technical college, um, you know, bless you, Jim Cohn, uh, all the way, (laughs) but also everything that I learned the first summer that I did an internship or the subsequent year that I had my first, you know, year of, of, of real employment, not cutting line, uh, you know, like it was totally different. And so I would say that, you know, that's why I go back to the personal thing. If you become a person that wants that for you, um, that will spill over literally into everything that you do, whether you, the education becoming irrelevant at that point, because it's you. So are, are these skills that can be taught? Are these skills that are inherent? Like, are, is it as a result of your upbringing or, you know, how does this all tie together? Um, they can be taught if you were to go to uh, ElevateConstruction.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ElevateConstructionIST.com. Shameless plug. Don't get used to it. Yeah. So, do you, first of all, did you guys know that uh, Brandon Montero can kill two stones with one bird did you guys know that <laughs> yeah. there's nothing brandon montero can't he, there's do. nothing he, he's never late he decides what time it is <laughs> so um so my answer my answer is i do believe it's it's conditioning uh um so in boot camp we do that and I, the reason i smiled when you brought it up is because we had there's three ways there's like the drill instructor way there's the put them really in uncomfortable situations with mild drill instructor way. And then there's dancing. <laughs> now people would rather, and I say this all the time, either go winter camping, burn to death or spend, you know, a long vacation with their mother-in-law than to dance in front of another, of other grown men. So whatever a company chooses, there are very good processes and techniques to get people to unprogram, to be deprogrammed from, their younger years. And I'm, I'm an advocate for public school and homeschool and everything. But if you know, like the real situation is that we've been taught to shut up, to sit down, to not get too excited about certain things, to not put things in context. You know, when we were in school, it's like learn history. Now sit down and be quiet. And now learn PE. Now sit down and be quiet. Now learn it. And we're like, okay, now we're in this world where things have to be contextual. They have to give 100%. Mm-hmm. They have to care about it. They have to speak up. So a lot of what boot camp does is, uh, and what we do in our training, is to deprogram them 
from the, their social norms because they're scared to death most of the time to speak up, to ask for help, to fail, to say, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm having a hard time. And so the way that we do this is we put them through an experience, right? So if somebody goes to high school and then goes to university, there's a certain amount of deprogramming that the university professors will do. There's you get you have to put your big girl or big boy pants on, right? And I think that these craft folks who are beautiful, wonderful people, they just learn to accept something that's subpar, right? And I always use uh, there's there's a book called the the secret the millionaire mind or the secrets to a millionaire mind, and they talk about the thermostat on the wall. And they say, if it's set to 72 degrees and we open the doors and it gets cold, once we shut the doors, what's going to happen? It's going to go back to 72 degrees. If we turn on the heater in here or Brandon Montero just walks in the room, the temperature is going to go up, right? <laughs> and what happens when he leaves and we shut the door? The temperature goes back because it's a set point. Their mental set points are set to mediocre, disrespect, I can't do it, I'm stuck here, I won't do it. What we do is we break that down. There are ways to do it. There are three ways to do it that we know of. We break that down and we teach them to expect more. We make a disconnect to say, you have natural inherent abilities. This is what you can do. Here's the path. Here's the training. Step out of your comfort zone. Get into the learning zone and you can do this. And so what we find is that most of the craft or young folks either out of college or just brand new or not out of college, most of the folks who haven't taken the path where they have been deprogrammed, they can make it. The success rate for field engineer boot camp is above 90%. The success rate for superintendent boot camps, um, unfortunately, it's this low, but it's above 65%. Hmm. Most trainings are down in like 1530. That is another shameless plug. Wow. But I'm saying that if you put somebody through a boot camp, uh, let's just do the superintendent boot camp at 60%. And you go tour their job sites eight months later. They have beautiful, organized, remarkably run, safe, and clean projects where before they were scared to death to talk to anybody mm. because of their social and mental program. And um, and so the success rate that we have is is over the top. It's over the top good. And so what our job is to make them believe that they deserve respect that they can expect more and that there's a path to get there. And I, and really through elevateconstructionisd.com, there is a path to get there and through other trainings and through just these basics of being able to speak up and step out of your comfort zone. And so um, sometimes owners don't like dancing, so we do the drill instructor method. But mm -hmm. once they're there and we can create that moment and we do, then they go home with with the disconnect. They go home with the dissonance. They go home with the, I am not living where I should be living. Mm. And then they take their own initiative to make progress and to go get the learning that is already out there. I love it. Um, <laughs> so let, let me ask you this. Are, are your programs geared more towards like individuals or companies or teams? How, how, how does this process work best it's so the problem is is so like if you read these marketing books they're like you have to distill it down into one thing so our one thing is we help individuals and construction companies take their next step that's our one thing the problem with us is that we can do almost anything you need Right. If, if you're having trouble crash landing a project, we can help. If you need, if you're having, ele, uh, uh, you know, elevation bus or layout problems, we can help. If you need field engineers trained, we can help. If your superintendents are failing, failing, we can help. If you need lean on the project, we can, we can do anything that you need. That sounds arrogant, but we have the resources, right? You need building information modeling. 
We can help. Um, we can custom tailor it to anybody. Here's here's what we typically do. We'll set up a couple of camps throughout the year and the individuals will come and pay, have a remarkable time. And we can do that virtually and in person. <laughs> the best thing to do is for a company to say, hey, I have a need. This is fantastic. Or even surveyors, you know, hey, we have we have surveyors in house and they're great. How can we merge this world? Let's put them through the FE boot camp. They have all the technical skills that they need. Let's we want to give them this interpersonal life gift, right? Uh, we can we can do groups of over nine and schedule that and come on location and do these boot camps. And so there's a, a number of different ways to do it. Um, we also have books. I'm shamelessly I'm putting this up here. So. This says elevating construction superintendents. These these types of materials really get the general contractors going. We'll also have one coming out in three months called elevating construction field engineers. Um, you know, and very much in partnership with you guys and your advice, we'll have one elevating construction surveyors. So these back to basics techniques we have in book form, podcast form. You guys are the, have the market on the podcast for surveyors, but. Um, We'll have online video content, boot camps, masterminds, any way we can get that content to people quickly. So it has to be, here's here's our goal. And I'll, I'll shut up because I can see you're like, oh my gosh, this guy wants to shut up. But we want it to be as addictive as Facebook, as useful as YouTube, and as quick as Wikipedia. All of wow. the other garbage in this industry where it's so hard to sign in, it's boring, it's not applicable, it's disconnected. All of this garbage training out there has to go away. It needs to be quick and accessible on their phone and make real change. What we do is we get grown men and women to make real, real lasting change in ways that we're naturally programmed to do so. And and that's our vision and what we're passionate about. All right, so one of my 100 questions that I have. Um, <laughs> I got to say, Tony Robbins is building us up pretty well. Yeah. We got the so, market on survey podcast. I'm, I'm feeling good. <laughs> yeah. So what's what's the program? How does the program work? Um, you know, once you have, let's say, a, a company or a team that goes through a boot camp, what have you. And they, they leave, again, they leave that boot camp and it's just like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm 100 percent, blah, blah, blah. And then they go back into the rut of everyday work and all of a sudden that 100 percent starts to go down. What is the follow up? Ooh, ah, the, edge, explain, demonstrate, guide, enable something I stole from the Boy Scouts of America. So we put them through pre prereq work. So let's just take field engineers as, as an example. Surveyors would have different books and pre prerequisite reading. But for a field engineer. They read this, they do an online course, they read three books, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Getting Things Done by David Allen and Unbeatable Mind by Mark Devine. Then we do two uh, in-person technical trainings, personality profiles, so we know a lot about them by that time. We set goals with them, and so that's the explain part. The demonstrate, actually the demonstrate part is where we do the in-person technical trainings. Hey, we're gonna demonstrate this for you. Bootcamp is the guide. We're guiding you through this. You're going to do it, but we have team. In fact, we have team guides, but they have to figure it out themselves. It has to go into their eyes, through their head, out their arms and onto their little fingers, write it down, punch the keys so that it's burned into their memory. Then the enable part is a six to eight month certification, meaning they don't get done until, you know, when they're done with camp, they have six months to actually take six goals and we call it a ticket. We have a little song for it that's pretty remarkable, but they have to implement that to get their Honey Badger certification. And for superintendents, they have to do that to get their Alpha certification. Or for workers, their Shepherd certification. So we really make that fun. 
But to your point, boot camps never worked if they just came back on this high for three weeks and then their energy is gone and they're like, my life sucks again. You know, the certification is the key piece. And then we get feedback. They're going on date night. They've read like 20 to 25 books on leadership by the time we get them again. They've implemented their goals. They've learned AutoCAD and Revit and Civil 3D to to a farther extent. They've transferred into a new position. They've started reading books to their kids at night. They've started exercising. Mm. Two or three people in one of our recent camps stopped smoking. They threw their cigarettes out in the last event, and they're still not smoking. And so... Your The answer to your question is that six-month certification period. It's an absolute must, and anybody can steal that. It has to happen. It has to happen. It has to happen. One word, accountability. For sure. That's all it is. Yeah. Yep. Realistically, no long-term, just accountability yeah. and retraining your brain. Yeah. And, it, and it takes 60 days. The whole 23, 27, that's a myth. It takes mm-hmm. at least 60 days to get somebody burned. Oh, I have to say this. We have checklists. So the field engineers get like a, a using that as an example, field engineering commandments. You know, traverse, uh, use three-wire leveling, never burn a foot, you know, da-da-da, all of these things. And they have to, for the entire time, keep a personal organization system with a to-do list. And they have to follow a daily routine. For field engineers, it's... Study the drawings, um, uh, be in your lift drawings every day and take a reflection walk. And there's a couple of others. And so if they don't do keep their to do list, do their daily items and keep the commandments, (laughs) that's kind of funny, but then they don't get their certification. And so we force them to burn that into their brains for 60 days minimum. It's usually more. Gotcha. Um, I, I would just add, you know, on the surveying and understanding that the, the survey boot camp isn't fully developed yet. Um, there are online modules that are going over the survey process. They're going over best practices um, that would be really tailor fit to um, people at different levels in their career. Um, but really going through the entirety of the modules would, again, do what we were talking about, figuring out your place in the overall component and mm. then just understanding why you're doing what at all times. Um, and then also providing a follow up uh, you know, like Jason said, follow-up certification um, to make sure that a person is, is really sounding this down and it's really become a part of their their personal practice on a daily basis. And quick shameless plug. Mm-hmm. So we we uh, we have our Kajabi site. That's an online training hosting site. And so we actually have one course for personal organization done. The next couple will be on team balance and health, tax planning, overall project scheduling, uh, survey and layout, uh, field engineering survey and layout lift drawings these things are going to start populating so when you go to the website and i appreciate the compliment you'll be able to see that and go pay for these courses and you can either use those independently evergreen meaning they're always available or they'll be uh, with a, a boot camp that we offer uh, the bottom line is whatever somebody thinks and this isn't to sell things and if you guys know me and brandon any at all you'll know it's not about money um Whatever somebody thinks a boot camp is, it's 10 times that. The experiences that people leave with, it's 10 times what you would expect. Because human beings are waiting to live a remarkable life. They deserve a remarkable life. And we're programmed to be excellent. And all we're doing is giving them license and an excuse and a reason and a motivation to go do that. Because that's what we're programmed for. We're not programmed to be on a conveyor belt and be miserable. So there you go. 
completely yeah. agree. And that's how we started a podcast, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, so uh, the boot camps, and obviously there's challenges with the pandemic and stuff like that. How are you guys overcoming those? And are, are the boot camps as effective, I guess, throughout the pandemic? I mean, obviously, they're probably most effective if you can do it in person. But so, so they're most effective in person. We do. So I'm I'm crazy when it comes to safety. So is Brandon. So we don't let people get within six feet. Um, there are ways to do it with the COVID-19 protocols, even if you're in California, mm. unless you're on lockdown, obviously. And and certain size social groups are, are restricted. So there is a way to do it. Uh, the other thing is that most of the content, with the exception of a few pieces, can be done remotely. Um, and I will say the key thing has been uh, the size of the location, social separation, 100% masks, cleaning, and making sure that people get home at night and that we do uh, temperature checks uh, every day in the morning and we split the, the camp up into two two-day sessions. Gotcha. So, Brandon, anything you want to add to that? I think we, we've done very well. And I've seen other trainings that do the COVID-19 and they, do it, they don't do it as well as we do. No, I, I would agree with that. And, you know, one of the things that I have thought is uh, we had a much smaller group this time around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That allowed us to mm -hmm. um, keep the separation. And I, I enjoyed it. I felt like it gave us uh, as leaders more time to work with people individually and everything. So I feel like, uh, you know, the, the COVID protocols actually, I don't want to say allowed us to be more effective, but still created a great experience um, in which everybody got that individualized attention. Because yeah. we, we've taken 40 people through a boot camp before. Now we're doing 12 to sizes, 12 to 16. And it's more not intimate from a social distancing, but more intimate from a mm -hmm. connection, coaching, remarkable experience. And again, that kind of experience will literally change the rest of their life. Let's not fail to mention, um, again, going back to the website. And I, I did just realize that I, I said the, the website wrong. Elevate Construction. IST. IST, Insight Solutions and Training. Yep. ElevateConstructionIST.com is yep. the website. Um, again, on the website, you know, there's links to your podcast, which is awesome. And it's, it's daily? It's, it's daily. A daily so podcast. Not, so they're not as good as yours, <laughs> but we have a lot more need for construction training, so I, we do them daily. <laughs> but some great, great energy, though. I checked out a couple of them. They're awesome. And then you've got the, the weekly blog. Yep. Um, and there's also some stuff, what I see in there, like some signs of some sort oh. or posters, I should say. Yeah. So we, so lean signage. So how to run projects. We have all of that in there for you. We're going to continue to populate more and more downloads and really, you know, for each key position, we'll have that on there. Uh, we have the podcast, the blog, like you said, uh, connections to book, con books, connections to other resources. And we're just going to continue to add content in a very, oh, and pretty soon we're going to have the Kajabi um, online course. If, if I mentioned that name because it's literally the best online training platform that I've ever found of hmm. any of them. And what we'll do is we'll link that there so that they can go get any of these courses. And it's really some fun content. Um, and then the other thing is, as there's a need, we are uh, totally open to webinars uh, mm. and and consistent interactions with people. And can, anything known to man, any delivery method that's this, that's uh, addictive, relevant, and fast, we are into because the the purpose is to change lives, and we're going to do it. So, yeah, I have no doubt. You guys are so passionate. I I, I love it. I love that energy. Um, 
a couple things here I want to talk about. I mean, we're running a little bit long, but I think that we're providing some really good content here. So I don't have any problem with it if you guys don't have no. any problem with it. Um, some of the core topics that you guys touch on, whether it be in the boot camps or the mastermind classes, what have you, um, I saw a, a number of things that were common in, in each of the, in each of the offerings, let's say. And one of the things was, you know, the importance of professional development and, and conduct. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Brandon? Um, yeah, there's there's lots of aspects, and I'll, I'll kind of go the survey route maybe yep, just a little bit. For sure. Um, uh, in some of our boot camps, we have uh, modules on aesthetic, for instance. Um, do you know what an aesthetic product looks like if you're making a, you know, something as simple as a controller layout exhibit, um, your final deliverable, um, just helping um, people sound down like the concept of aesthetic? Um, how to talk to an owner, a client, the superintendent, a project team. Um, you know, sometimes uh, I've worked personally for civil companies in which um, the field surveyor never talked to the engineer, never talked to the landscape architect mm. um, because there was just a, you know, a belief in a, a permanent disconnect, um, but just helping Again, if, if I went back to that, knowing what the place of your component was and how it related um, would allow you, whoever you were, whether you were in the field, whether you were in the office, um, to be that person that went and asked the right questions, asked intelligent questions, knew what it meant, um, knew uh, when somebody was uh, telling you less than what your level of effort was, you'd be able to identify that and, and point it out to them so that they could better understand it. Um, so that's what I would say maybe on the, on the, um, on the professional development uh, side. On the personal uh, and professional, confidence in public speaking. There's a lot of uh, public speaking um, that goes on. There's a lot of presentation. There's a lot of use of uh, volume, being able to, um, I'll say, show up at 100% enthusiasm and excitement to project yourself. Uh, we, we, we all know those people who uh, at any meeting um, their voice is so small or anytime they start to talk and someone else talks, you just kind of watch them like disappear and just kind of shrink back inside. And then you just never hear from that guy. Um, and we have those people on our project teams, on our survey teams. Um, could we train them to be people that are awake there and, you know, and, and show up in any given situation again at a, at a hundred percent, uh, definitely. And so all of those are just relevant qualities that cover over or carry over into the, into the professional and personal world. Yep, good stuff. Um, Jason, define uh, leadership and emotional intelligence. Leadership, I love this question. Um, leaders, in my mind, according in my opinion, build build the team first. Uh, they have they host remarkable meetings, they manage their direct reports, they have hard conversations, and they scale communication. Those five things are gut-wrenchingly difficult for for 90% of the population. And so there's two parts to that. Is one, if somebody doesn't want to do those things, there's nothing wrong with not going into a leadership position and saying, I want to be the best mm -hmm. at what I'm doing here. I will lead by example, right? So that's the first thing. But if somebody does want to be the, a leader, actually getting somebody the tools to build their leadership team Manage direct reports, not micromanage, manage direct reports, have hard conversations, even up into firing somebody, terminating somebody, 
Scaling communication, knowing that people need to hear something seven times before they'll actually do anything with it, and then running remarkable meetings that are not garbage and boring. Those are those are hard things. So when we talk about leadership, can they show up, like Brandon said, to do those things? Because if they can't, then it's impossible, whether you're introverted or extroverted. And I love both. Introverts are smarter and more thought out than I am. But whether you're introverted or extroverted, you can't be a leader if you don't communicate, at, at least with large groups in construction. It just can't be done. And so they have to know those things. So it, we would be doing a disservice, to your point, if we taught them, hey, here's how to do field engineering. Here's how to do survey. Here's how to do yeah. technology, quality, scheduling, all these things. But then when they go do it, they're too timid to run a meeting or to manage somebody or to speak up or to hold somebody accountable. It's just not going to happen, right? So... Uh, and then and then the other side of that is that some of the salty superintendents have made a living out of throwing their hard hat down and cussing people out. Right. Yep. And there's a certain amount. There's a book called uh, Leadership and Self-Deception that talks about how to get out of situations like that, how to win friends and influence people and approach to do that. There are other books and techniques that Brandon and I teach where you can through focus, physiology and language. You know, what are you focused on? Where is your body? Where are your shoulders? And what kind of words are you saying to yourself? And some techniques like box breathing where you can show up and get ready and be in state to actually go be the leader that you need to be, but also confident and vulnerable. What we need more in construction is transparency and vulnerability. You know, I, I say all the time, even though I, John Wayne's like my favorite, but the John Wayne-esque old cowboy, don't show my feelings, I've got it, distant, you know, never going to, you know, uh, uh, George Strait, you know, you can't hold a cowboy kind of a guy. Those people were had that exterior because they're afraid. They're scared to death. They're insecure because they they have this false exterior because they're not. They don't want to be vulnerable because they don't want to be hurt. Really, you look at Brandon Montero, like you're this beautiful human being with this amazing beard, stronger than us, could beat us up, kills two st stones with one bird, like <laughs> survey Jesus with a lowercase J. Does does he have an exterior? He doesn't have the hard exterior where he's shutting people out. Yeah. He has the, I'm vulnerable. I'll talk to you about this. I'll go there with you. I will empathize. I will talk to you. I will be understanding. But at the end of the day, we're going to do the right thing. And that kind of transparency and vulnerability and courage, courage to be authentically who he is and also show up and share what's inside of him is what I consider the true definition of strength and leadership. And how much better off would we be if construction de 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 defined success that way and leadership success that way and had transparency and vulnerability, and I have to say this, in that environment, welcomed and, and encouraged and promoted and shared in the success of women being promoted in construction where we can all succeed and there's more diversity in what we do, I think it would be fantastic. That's what I mean when I say those things. Where does uh, humility come in? Uh, humility. So uh, the ideal team player is humble, hungry, and smart. And I don't come across as humble. Like if somebody meets me, they're like, either, usually people either love me or hate me. Then they get to know me and they really like me because they're like, is that energy fake or whatever? So I don't come across as humble, but I'll, I will unplug your toilet. Like if you had a number two in that toilet, I would have unplugged it right now. Because, and I think that that's the definition of, of humility is will we go all in for the team? 
And I asked that same question. Will the general contractor go in, all in with the trade partners, with the surveyors? Will the trade partners and the surveyors go all in with the GC vulner, vulnerably and share in the success and make each other's problems our own problems and truly care? And I think that humility is, am I all in with this team? And the answer for me is yes. And that's how I define it. I don't know how you, what you guys think. I I would, I would just weigh in really quick. You know, emotional intelligence to me um, is kind of defined as uh, emotional range. Yeah. So, you know, yes. do you have the, the, I'll say the one end of the spectrum where you can be soft, where you can help um, train someone, where you can empathize with them, um, you know, figure patient enough to understand what their learning style is and how they best need to be mentored. And then can you be firm with someone when you need to? Can you send someone home when they're working unsafely? Um, can you take command of a meeting that's getting out of control? Um, you know, you need to be all of those things. And so you said a humility, but like you need to have the full range of, of those things. Um, so that like, I'll use the, the analogy of like, a a water balloon or something like that. Uh, you know, if you have the capacity, the emotional capacity to experience different situations, um, you know, kind of coming into your, your world or your environment and you have that big capacity, you'll just sustain all of it and it'll be fine. But if you have this little tiny capacity of emotional range, <laughs> if you get too much input, you're just literally going to burst. Um, and so helping people through vulnerability, through transparency and, and learning to kind of stretch those things out and put themselves out there the way that we do in our boot camps, um, we, we are creating emotional range for people that haven't had the opportunity to develop that for themselves yet. And I have to say mm -hmm. again, we teach them, Brandon said this, we teach them to perform at a high level regardless of their level of comfort. Yep. Get outside the comfort zone. Yeah. What so? What, is there a difference between coaching and mentoring? Uh, I think, I think mentoring, um, with it, coaching. So you know, a consultant can come and tell somebody, you know, hey, d do this or do that, and they don't really have it. You know, you can listen to them or not. To me, a coach is going to tell you the hard stuff and pull you out of your comfort zone, and and provide situations where you might not like it at the moment, but it's for your best interest. I think mentors can do, I know mentors can do that too. In my mind, the mentor is the, somebody who's asked the questions a lot. They're more natural, comfortable situations. I could be way off on that, but I do know from the coaching standpoint, Brandon and I, when we show up in these areas, can be either in the coaching or mentoring modalities. But when we're in the coaching modality, we are, we are pulling you out of your comfort zone and, uh, you know, you can call it heaven or hell or whatever you want to do it. But by the time we're done, you have stepped into new levels of 100%. And I can say that I've been through an experience that this will just take a second where in a, you know how the watch, the Apple watch, it, it has the little green circle of how much exercise you've done in a 30 minute at, uh, process. My watch had gone around the circle two and a half times. I was sweating from head to toe, and the instructors were, were telling me to drink water because they were worried about my health. And there was nothing physical about it. It was all emotional range. And I don't want to scare anybody by that, but like Brandon and I have been through these processes to where we know where the sweet spot is. And I would just say that everyone that comes out of the other end of the process appreciates it, and 95% of them make massive pro progress and take massive action.
Good stuff. I mean, I'm a huge believer in mentoring. I appreciate it all the time. So maybe it's mentor mentors are maybe a little more empathetic yeah. than what coaching coaches coaches might be. There you go. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> all right. So I, I, again, going back to the website, Elevate Construction IST. Yep. Um, I. I Took a look at your core values. You know, every website has core values on it, you know, and most time you're like, ah, okay, whatever, core values. But I got to be honest with you, after having this conversation with you guys this evening, I'm going to run through them and I believe them. Transparency, respect, build people, do the right thing, results driven. I feel like that's all we've done for the last hour and a half. Yeah, I think it sums you guys up perfectly. <laughs> yeah. So if, if, Thank if, you. if any of the listeners want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do it? Uh, so reach, well, I'm... I'm that guy that's just going to put it out there. My email address is Jason S at elevateconstructionist.com. My number is 602-571-8987. All I ask is that you don't murder my family or slash my tires. Um, <laughs> if you want to terrorize me, just kill me in a street corner somewhere outside of the house. Um, you can reach me. And then also there's ways to connect on the website at elevateconstructionist.com. Um, also the podcast is at the Ele uh, elevate construction podcast.com and it links in there. The bottom line is, um, we, by virtue of the information and the process and the energy are doing great things because it's all about people for us. And I heard somebody once say, until you get not, and I'm not preaching, I'm saying that's what they said to me until you get that it's about people, um, you don't get it. And so that's what makes us successful. And I think people will want to reach out if they have a need in any of these categories. Agreed. Brandon, you want to add anything to that? Um, I, I'm available at Brandon M at ElevateConstructionIST.com. Um, so if you are reaching out, uh, maybe on the survey uh, layout or field engineering side of things, um, please reach me there, 480-737-6756. Uh, <laughs> or, or or coaching i have to interrupt so brandon is always with me on any of the other positions hosting these camps while it might not be a technical expertise in some of the scheduling stuff when brandon sh when the beard shows up you know you're in for an experience <laughs> so you can reach out to him for anything as well nice Thanks. awesome so I got to ask you this. I think we've asked Brandon this when he was on previously, but uh, I, I have a f strong feeling Jason's going to have a good answer on this one. Um, <laughs> do you have a mantra that you live by? Uh, a mantra? Yeah. So um, expect uh, or, or um, man, I just I just had it, but uh, expect nothing, appreciate everything and do the right thing. And the that really works for me. Or because if I expect the best in others or, or, or appreciate the best in others, right, and don't suffer from low expectations, then I can treat them with respect. And if I show appreciation for others' best efforts, that lifts them up. And that doesn't take me away from my responsibility of doing the right thing. So for, just real quick, if somebody has done something, let's say, for instance, where they, they, they need to be terminated, I'm, I'm going to appreciate their best efforts, right? I'm going to um, not suffer from low expectations and emotionally internalize that, but I am going to do the right thing in a very kind and loving and interpersonal way. And so you can always count on me to be safe, to be appropriate, to protect the innocent, to do the right thing, and to sometimes make the hard decisions, but it's going to be done with people in mind and with their best interests. 
That's a solid answer. I feel like this guy should have been a police officer. <laughs> Brendan, do you have a do you have a two point on your mantra? Um, I I think a two point and we we kind of talked about it is uh, um, just uh, that that concept of one hundred percent, and maybe not so much of a of a mantra, uh, but I ask myself that as a true north on a regular basis hmm. um so at, you know as an example um when i put my significant other in the car and close the door and then i see the little uh reflection of myself and i'm just like are you really showing up for this person right now are you about to show up for this person or um, when i'm walking home and i see my uh, about to go in the front door and there's a little square of glass and you see my my own little you know beady eyes looking back at me i'm like hey are you gonna go in there and and actually like show up and deliver mm-hmm. happiness or deliver you know warmth and kindness like what are you gonna do today and so i i do continue to you know think about just that concept of 100 percent and um, use it as a true north to to dictate the uh, um the level at which i will show up at anything amen Man, oh, man, awesome, these are man. some solid answers. I'm going to put it out there right now. This is one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> I was just looking I at it. I really enjoyed this. And I figured the mantra would be like, keep calm and have a sweet beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the beard is real in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> sweet or not. Um, I have nothing else. Uh, I've shoot, spent this. was awesome. Oh, these, PJ? There's some passion on this side of the room right here. Yeah, so I, no, I, I love I, it. I, how, how many times have I said that that the passion that's what makes a good episode? If you yeah. had to, to, to write out the ep- the recipe for what makes a good episode, you get passionate people to talk about something that they're passionate about. Yeah. It's always a good episode. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Do you guys have anything else you want to add that maybe we haven't touched on? No, just that uh, going. Uh, I'm doing this full time now, or no lo- no longer a director in a construction company, and so. Uh, help feed my 11 kids. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> um, the As far as survey content, um, mm-hmm. the modules that we talked about, yeah. um, there's six of them. And uh, to, to understand what they are in depth, uh, you can um, get on the website. But m- my uh, expectation is the end of January to have cool. all of those modules up and running. Awesome. Um, so if you go there now, I apologize that they're not available, but they will be soon. Um, and you need them. Oh, uh, there is one thing. We're, Brandon and I are working with Wes Crawford on a fourth edition to this. And we are in the process of recording this on audio with off script commentary wow. uh, for the purpose of, you know, if somebody, none of us have time to read a book, especially one this thick. So if they can read that um, abridged version with the commentary and how it's contextually tied together, meaning it's not just concept, 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 but it's like primary to secondary. This is how traversing ties into level loops. You know, all everything ties down to the end product, right, in context. Uh, that will be coming out in January as well. So I would love it if we can kick that back over and have that as a resource uh, because the back to basics uh, concepts in there are over the top good. So that's awesome. Audiobooks are always solid for a walk through the neighborhood. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, <laughs> hey, guys, I, I can't thank you enough for being here. Um, totally on board with pretty much everything you're saying. <laughs> yeah, solid. Just message. blown away. It was freaking awesome. So, and when those modules come out, be sure to let me know. We'll promote Definitely. them, blah, 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 all that thank good you. stuff. So, um, we'll do everything we can to uh, get this message out there because I think it's, it's, uh, it's one of a kind and, uh, um, I'm a believer. So, all right. 
with that, let's put a big, fat, virtual Christmas bow on this one, boys. Please be sure to check us out at thegeoholics.com. Follow us on all reputable social media outlets by searching for The Geoholics. Download all our podcasts from Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and don't forget to download the Geoholics app from Lance Rivers United. Email us at thegeoholics.com if you're interested in being a friend of the program or a guest on a future show. We're booking into March already, if you can believe that. Dates are filling up fast. Hell, we might have to start doing two podcasts a week. I don't know about that. Maybe one a day for that matter. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't forget to support our friends of the program every chance you get. They would love to hear from you. And be sure to mention the Geoholics for the VIP treatment. Pay it forward. Add value, make friends. One Republic, Chasing Stars. Available everywhere. Until next time, happy holidays. Be safe and healthy, everybody. everybody. On we go. All right. Once again, thank you to our friends of the program, Bad Elf GPS. Find them at bad-elf.com. Land Surveyors United, landsurveyorsunited.com. LIDAR News at lidarnews.com. Parkland College Land Survey Program, parkland.edu slash surveying. Unifly, U-N-I-F-L-I dot A-E-R-O. Diamondback Land Surveying at diamondbacklandsurveying.com. Advanced Geodetic Surveys at agsgps.com. Tiger Supplies at tigersupplies.com. Cyanic Automation at getjobbook.com. Safety Apparel, you can find them at safetyapparel.us. And finally, Get Kids Into Survey at getkidsintosurvey.com.